1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Red Men News. It's me, Ben. Joining me today is Jack. We are here on the back of Jurgen Klopp's pre- first press conference for about three months ahead of an actual Premier League game for Liverpool. We've got Everton at the weekend at Goodison Park. I'm so excited about it. Um, and we've got loads to get through. We're going to talk about Richarlison, and the Carabao Cup later on as well, and a little bit of news about Leroy Sane that's just broken recently um, this afternoon as well. Thanks for joining me, Jack. We'll just get straight into it with the press conference stuff. Um, so, because there's loads to get through, um, so we are going to start with um, stuff about the null and void stuff. Because obviously he was asked about that. He was asked about his thoughts on um, you know whether or not the season, well, how he felt when the, when the season potentially wasn't going to continue at all. Um, and he said, honestly, yes, I became worried in the moment when people started talking about null and void. I was like, wow, that will be really, really hard. And I suppose Jack, you know, from from fans, from a fan perspective, we don't necessarily think about it from the player's perspective you know we think about it from maybe a rivalry point of view you know if if the season had been declared null and void we'd have ended up you know being obviously laughed at and mocked by other fans but from a player's point of view and from a manager's point of view it's like this is something that they've worked so hard for for over several years now not just not just this season obviously the run that they've put together has been fantastic but this is something that Klopp in particular has been building up to basically since he arrived at Liverpool, and there was a possibility that that was going to be taken away. And, you know, that would have been so difficult for them as professionals, you know, it it would have been so strange.
0: Yeah, it's so good to have Klopp's press conferences back and, and, you know... Of actual news to, to react to rather than rumours but you know it, it, it was one of them um, comments from Jürgen Klopp where I, I think anyone that hasn't watched the press should, should probably watch that because you could see by his reaction he, he was very like very much like it's easy for people to say and, and throw that null and void thing about but as you, as you refer to there these players have worked so hard for this this season and Jürgen Klopp when he first came to the club he said that he was going to win the league for Liverpool within his first four or five years and he's delivering that and, and you know this is this is absolutely what him and, and the squad have done this season and they've done a fantastic job and, and broken records and got to a points tally that has been magnificent, only losing once on, on the way, of course. We're six points away and you could just see by his reaction. He was like, as much as you and I couldn't understand where that null and void thing came from and surprised that some clubs and, and fans want it because it's not the right thing these players have spent a long time working towards that and the staff as well working towards our first title in 30 years. So it would have been ridiculous to null and void the season and you can see by Kopp's reaction in the presser that that's exactly what he thought as well. It would have been absolutely ridiculous to do that. Um,
1: so they obviously follow that up saying when Void was taken off the table I was relieved, um, now we go for it we don't think in our minds that we are nearly there we needed a lot of work and luck to get here and that is what we need again, I hope I can enjoy it, um, we need to make sure that we play our best football and, and while he's right to an extent Jack to say that we don't think we are in our minds we are nearly there when literally this time next week we could be champions, I think obviously he's just trying to play that down isn't he
0: yeah, there's there's a lot of professionals that tend to do that and we, we could have won it and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if when we do win it, Jürgen Klopp goes well. We still need to get three points every week and, and stuff like mm. that. Just shows how much of a, a professional coach he is and he said throughout the interview that actually, without fans in, in, in the stadium, he still wants to win and that's always the aim, to win, to win, to win. So, you know, I, I think for Jürgen Klopp, it'll always be making sure we get the points before we can celebrate being champions we have to make sure we're champions first and not, clearly after City's result in midweek we're still six points away from doing that so we've got to focus on winning against Everton and, and then we can focus on winning against Crystal Palace and, and wrapping the league title up. Yeah absolutely um, he was very briefly asked about Timo
1: Werner which I thought was a risky question given the way that that's, that saga's panned out um he, he was basically asked he's basically asked what went down, which he was never going to reveal, you know, the the, the entirety of what's gone on. But he said, we don't speak about transfers, especially if Chelsea was saying, you know, I don't know why you're asking me about a transfer that Chelsea have made. And um, Timo Werner is a really good footballer. He's announced for Chelsea next season. That is it. And that's basically all we're going to get from Klopp. I imagine on that. I mean, I, I, you know, I think, I don't think this is the right show necessarily to go into the details of what we think happened with that transfer. Obviously there, there's shows on the website for that. Um, But you know, for me personally, it was disappointing to miss out on him. I think he's a good he's he's a good player. Um, But whatever the reasons are for that, I I I understand you whether it's money, whether it's Klopp deciding that he's not going to fit or he's not going to be able to offer him enough game time. I don't know. Um, But still, it was a risky move to 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 be asking him in a press conference for me anyway. Um, He was also asked about injuries because obviously there's been discussion to Jack about Robertson and Salah in particular it was also asked about Allison because obviously Allison missed the final few games before the lockdown um and basically, yeah, they all look good. He says, um, during training period, there have been a few problems, which is normal. None of them are ruled out for Sunday. Like I say. And I think this is, this you were saying before, this comes off the back of a few rumours, I think, yesterday, maybe the day before, saying that Salah might be out or Salah, you know, might be a doubt for Sunday. So it was good for him to sort of put everybody's minds at rest and say everybody's fit
0: yeah, it's it's brilliant news to know we have a completely fit first team squad and and you know they're all ready and and together to to get these six points that we need to win the league and you know things like Salah and absent are always a worry and with the five substitution thing and and players maybe being more likely to pick up injuries with with this long break and then straight back into the intensity that we need in, to to continue the season um, we need our, our our full squad and and we need players like Mohamed Salah fully fit and you know it's really good news that he'll be able to start against Everton and and there's nothing ruling him out the same with Robertson and and the same with Alisson as we've seen from Alisson uh, against Atletico Madrid it was massive us missing him and, and you know we saw the mistake Adrian made and it's just a, a really good boost to know that Alisson is back now and, and he's a massively important player for us as, as they all are in their own in, individual unique ways so um, it's really good to know that we've got a full fully fit squad and, and we're ready and raring to go yeah absolutely
1: Um a couple more things so clock on five subs uh, it is a necessity he says um, I'm really happy that we've all pretty much agreed on that. I heard at the beginning maybe the bottom clubs thought it would be an advantage. I, did, I didn't see it one second like this. It's about the players. Um, I suppose he's right. Obviously, it is a fitness thing. But also, I think for us, once we do wrap the league up, it's going to be really beneficial for us to have five subs because you've got the likes of the young kids who are probably going to get more game time than they probably would have anticipated. Um, so, so Which is a good thing, obviously, because you, know, if you think about... The way that this is all going to pan out, um, the likes of Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, all those lads that you follow a lot closer, a lot more closer than I do, they're probably going to end up with more opportunities than they would have done. Not only because you know we, we've got plenty of games to, to sort of experiment with them, but also there's literally more substitutions, more opportunities to get them on the pitch. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good thing. One more thing that I do want to talk about um, is the Minamino stuff. I don't know whether you saw that um and Klopp was say Klopp was asked about Minamino and, ha- and whether or not this period has helped him settle with the squad and actually Jack I was thinking about it this this must have been a really difficult period for Minamino um or, or pote- had the potential to be because if you think about you know he's he's come to this country in January um you know okay he's been living in in Salzburg but you know it's a completely different culture to probably what he's used to I don't think his English is brilliant. It's probably in quite a lonely time for him. And I think, But well, what Klopp suggested is certainly that um, the, the, the squad have really helped him settle in even virtually over this period. You know, it probably just goes to show how well everybody's gelling together, despite the fact that they've all been kept apart.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Klopp actually refers to it in his presser and says that that's how we've got to where we are, the togetherness of, of the squad. And he says, obviously, there's brilliant relationships in, in between the squad, but also the fact that uh, the staff at Liverpool decided to make a WhatsApp group um, during the break. And, and that that's been full of stuff throughout, which I think is brilliant. And, and personally, I'd love to be added to that just just for a day to see what it's like. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's I think it's brilliant and it wouldn't happen at much of the clubs, but I think we're the perfect squad for it and, and there will be so many players in, in our squad that took Minamino into their wing and, and, and helped him through this. And, and I think it's fantastic. We saw against Blackburn, obviously, he bagged himself a goal in that as well. Um, so I, I think it's brilliant news to see that he's, he's obviously a lot more settled now. He's probably got good relationships within the squad uh, and I think we're going to see... Um, some brilliant performances and, and, and a, a lot more of Minamino when we get back because like you say we need six points we'll wrap this title up and then we can give players like Minamino more game time to, to settle in and, and obviously see more of Nabi Kaita as well who mm. I think is going to be massive in these next few weeks because we've seen from these training games he, he seems to be in really good form um, and hopefully we can get the best Nabi Kaita that, that we've been wanting since he, he's joined for the club and we can keep him fit during this time.
1: Yeah, they've been saying, haven't they, that, that that he seems to have gone up a level, and obviously the teams that we, you know, play in Blackburn, you know, you'd expect us to to comfortably do Blackburn, but you know, if, if he's if he's really stepping up, even in training sessions after this period where maybe players aren't as sharp or perhaps aren't as sharp as you'd expect them to be, but he's looking like he is, then yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he gets on the pitch, whether he starts on Sunday or what. I don't know what the team will be. I imagine it'll just be the team that we've become accustomed to, the, the midfield that we've become accustomed to. But if Klopp fancies, you know, has seen something that's caught his eye over the last few weeks in training and fancies throwing Kater in there, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that. Um, so so the, the team, team selection will be interesting. And obviously with the five subs as well, you'd imagine that Kater gets onto the pitch at some point on Sunday. Um, and hopefully he can show us what he can do. Um, so we'll move on from the press conference now and we'll move on to the title of the video. Um, the Richarlison story that that sort of broke this morning. So he's been speaking to um, Desim, Desimpedidos, which I imagine is a is a Brazilian media outlet, um, talking about Virgil Van Dijk. It's funny because Steve Hall tweeted this morning. Basically, he's just done the the, the team talk for us for Sunday for us. Um, he's basically been slagging off Virgil Van Dijk a little bit. Um, people talk a lot about him. Yes, he is a great defender, but I've already dribbled past him. Um, he was chosen as one of the top three in the world as he has an excellent season. But yes, for me, there are better defenders. This is interesting, Jack, isn't it? Because what I want to highlight here is the is the I've already dribbled past him a bit. Like this, really is like some kind of trophy in players' minds now. Like this is this is the level that Van Dijk's at that that, that, that players are having to come out and say things like this.
0: Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable, really. These comments. I think it's it's stupid in what he says because he calls it. He says that he, there's better defenders out there, but who else would he be bragging about dribbling past? I, I don't think there's many other defenders that he'd come out and say, "Oh, look who I've just dribbled past," um, mm. which which shows just how great Virgil van Dijk is. And as you say, it already does the team talk, and I'm sure. If Virgil's seen that, he'll have a big grin on his face because he knows it's nonsense. Um, he will know it's nonsense, but like you say, it's a big trophy for him as well that he's got uh, professional players celebrating, even dribbling past him. Um, and, and this is coming from a player who took his shirt off and celebrated in the way he did against Lincoln City in the cup. So yeah, it's a good point.
1: Yeah,
0: levels right there. Um, he said
1: that um, he named Thiago Silva and Marquinhos, as well as Real Madrid veteran Sergio Ramos, as the centre backs he rates most highly. And to be fair, those players are good players, but Thiago Silva's, what, 33, 34? He's moving on from PSG at the end of the season. Um, he's been linked with Everton, actually, so whether or not that's a bit of a um, a wolf whistle and a cat call for, for Thiago Silva to come to come over to Goodison. I don't know. Sergio Ramos is obviously a world class centre back, so you know they're all in the same category. But I think it's just a it's just a little bit of trash talk, isn't it, before the weekend and. I well, think
0: you have to look there as well. Marquinhos and, and Silva, obviously both Brazilian as well, and, and probably good mates of Richarlison. Um, so that's why he's, he's saying them and, and Ramos as well. There's a lot of people that compare Ramos and, and Van Dyke for the best player in the world, best centre back in the world right now. But I think he's just trying to get in Van Dyke's head ahead uh, of playing against him. But it's not going to work. And, and you know, I think we're I personally, and, and there's probably a lot of other people ready to see Richarlison being absolutely pocketed by Van. Dyke on, on Sunday, now. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting battle that now. Um, right, let's move on to the final story. No
1: top seven in League Cup, League Cup as fixtures pile up, and um, the League Cup faces the prospect of being played without Premier League si- without seven Premier League sides next season because of the fixture pile up caused by the delay to the start of the campaign. The dates for the Champions League and the Europa League were announced on Wednesday with two rounds likely to clash with the Cup, which would effectively rule out English clubs competing in Europe from taking part in the domestic competition. It's funny how this is going to fall for me, Jack, because I could kind of see that this is the direction the competition was heading in anyway. And maybe this has just sped things up, accelerated things, and and, and we're at the point where, whereas this might have taken two or three years to get to this stage, it's happening sooner than we thought it would have done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Over the last few years, it's been it's been City's B team win, winning it really, hasn't yeah. it? It's, it's been showing their squad depth because everyone's been putting out B teams and, until they get to like the quarterfinals, semi-finals, um, and then City's B team is obviously better than everyone else's because they spend millions and billions on it. So, but we'll move on from that. Um, and you've got obviously it would have been nice from from a Liverpool perspective to see us playing the kids again in, in that competition but we've seen from, from previous seasons that Young Klopp gets heavily criticised for doing stuff like that and it just saves us that the hassle of doing that and like you say I, I think it's been heading in that direction for a, a number of years now and this coronavirus stuff has most likely sped up the process of that but I don't think as Liverpool fans we'll miss it, um, it's a competition that's been going downhill for, for a few years now but um, it's it's good to know that people are thinking of the players now and fitness and actually realizing that they're, they're playing too many games in short periods of time and it's not good for them.
1: No, I totally agree. And I think um, in terms of the competition itself, obviously, as you alluded to there, it's not something, it doesn't feel like a competition that top six sides of, or top seven, you know, the European sides necessarily have taken, seriously over the last few years in particular obviously City City won it three times in a row now I think so it's a good it's actually a good opportunity for everybody else if you think of the likes of you know not only like some Premier League sides who have gone a long time without a trophy but also if you, you know championship sides that are flying high might fancy themselves to get far and you know get to you know get to a semi-final or a final a day out of Wembley and all that's a good opportunity for them as well so I, I think this is I think this is a happy accident. I think I think this works out quite nicely for everybody. I mean, I, you know, it was we ended up in a unique situation this season where we we could use the the competition for some good in a way because we got to give that team against Villa some valuable experience that no other club would be able to 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 give their young players. So many of their young players. But for me, you know, overall, I, I'm not as a fan. I'm not as a Liverpool fan. I'm not bothered about that competition. It doesn't particularly excite me anymore. Maybe that's, you know, maybe maybe some people will look on it, look, on, look upon that opinion with some elitism. I don't know. Um, but I do think that maybe by not having those teams in the competition, um, you've got you, you've got a good opportunity for for other um, for other clubs to go and win it. So let's talk through. Um, some comments then, we've got a couple um, about Richarlison um, It's ironic, Richarlison won't even be the best Brazilian on the pitch yet Good point, assuming Firmino plays But yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good point point. And Paul Young, Richarlison's biggest career achievement Was a rumour linking him to Liverpool And he couldn't dribble past our reserve team I mean, he did play in January and, and didn't
0: didn't didn't do much at all, did he? Yeah, a- absolutely. And, you know, he won't even be the second best Brazilian on the pitch because we've got Alisson, of course, as Alison, well. Alisson, of course, yeah. Yeah, and then losing track of the Brazilians. Um, and then on the League Cup, Joe Lawrence, not not too bothered about it, to be honest.
1: If there is any cup not to be involved in, it's that one. Yeah, exactly. We're not, it's not like we're going to pick to be involved in the league. It's not like we're going to swerve Europe, is it, and go, oh, well, no, it's all right, we'll just play. Milton Keynes on a on a Wednesday night instead away from home. You know we're not going to do that. Um, Kieran B. Actually, the League Cup is good for the kids. So that is the flip side, Jack. You know, you know, you, obviously you cover all the academy stuff. It, it is a it, the the sort of play devil advocate. It is a good opportunity, as we already said, to, to to get kids minutes on the pitch. So in a way, is it is it is it a disappointing one because you can't have you can't give those kids those minutes.
0: Yeah um for me I, I was a bit disappointed at first because you think of some minutes for for the kids this season and like the, the Aston Villa game gave some youngsters some uh, an absolutely fantastic experience um which I know isn't likely to, to happen again. And, and we were forced into putting a team out that was that young, but it, it was a magnificent experience. And you look at the Arsenal game as well, how, how well Nico Williams did that night, Curtis Jones scoring the winning mm-hmm. penalty. That's when these players use it as, as a platform for them to burst onto the scene. And, and you know, without that, um, these youngsters have, have less opportunities to, to impress and, and to get a, a place in the team. But with that being said, we don't know what's happening with this five substitutions, whether that's something that will stay in place beyond this season. Um, if that's the case, then we may see more youngsters getting appearances in the Premier League um, with, with a lot more players being able to get on the bench and to get on the pitch. So it's it's gonna be interesting times, but I, I am sort of a bit upset that we'll we'll see less of the youngsters because the, the Carabao Cup was was a, a, a competition um where we look to to play yeah. the youngsters and, and see our young players get first team opportunities. Yeah, um and I suppose maybe, you know, I mean the the, the kids that are good enough will
1: obviously eventually forced away into the Premier League squads, Day squads and things like that. But, you know, I do I, I do get what you're saying there. But we'll, we'll wrap it up there anyway. Thanks very much for joining me, Jack. Thanks for your thoughts on all those stories. Thanks very much for your comments. Um, if you do have any more thoughts on anything we've discussed in the press conference with Charleston or the League Cup story, let us know in the comments below. Um, and, yeah, subscribe to the channel, like the video, and we'll be back at some point with more Red Men news. Um, thanks very much for watching again. See you later.